I ran through that one kind of quick. It's like a joke grenade. You know, I thought this episode was pretty ridiculous, but no, it could get worse. <laughs> What's up, Internet? You're listening to the 18th episode of the Series 6 podcast, Crossover Extravaganza, where we review each and every episode of Adventures of the Galaxy Rangers. We are your hosts. I'm RD. And I'm Jay. I'm Andrew. And I'm Drew. Get ready to engage your hyperdrives. This time around, we'll be reviewing episode 18, titled Space Moby. But before getting into that, damn, it's a full house in here today. Let's introduce our one listener to our special guest today. <laughs> My co-host on the Figure Nights Theater podcast. That's a podcast sponsored by the Audio Nights Theater, where we focus on action figures and everybody listens to me bitch about having no room for my collection <laughs> you do. Uh, first of all there's andrew he's the main host of that podcast and usually takes lead writes the episode rundown etc he's an audio genius and taught me most of what i know about editing so if you have a problem with my editing this is the guy to blame <laughs> not me send all complaints to <laughs> fktpod at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, so say hi to our one listener, Andrew. Hi, listener. It's so good to know that you're hearing my voice right now, listener. You want to tell our listeners how the Figure Nights Theater podcast came to be? Sure. Sit back, folks. It's origin story time. Yeah. So uh, I was in the Audio Nights Theater, which was a group that got together to do... Uh, basically radio-style plays of More Than Meets the Eye, you know, Transformers comic book from IDW. And a lot of us are really into action figures like Transformers, Marvel Legends, SH Figure Arts, stuff like that, and some other things too. And I just thought, you know, I, I listen to a lot of those podcasts where they review figures or they just discuss them, and I thought, you know, I think I have an original voice and some of my friends do too you know so i just i have a question i have a question oh yes 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 what's it sr we said sr something whatever i don't sh figure yes sh figures that is a uh you've heard of bandai yes okay bandai makes these extremely articulated action figures in the six inch scale and they're called sh figure arts is the their branding moniker for them and yeah, they're okay. they're just incredible. They they put Marvel Legends to shame usually. Oh, okay, good. What about the McFarlane stuff? Oh yeah, they're better than that too. But uh, yeah, they're really awesome. Check them out. I will. So, you know, I I got together with Drew and we recorded a few episodes. And I thought, you know, we should have more people on. And after a while, I had RD on. Also had Josh, who's not with us, but he's another one of our co-hosts. And uh, we just started, you know, discussing figures, some of the you know new release announcements, you know, things like that. There's all kinds of toy shows all the time, so we're always talking about something. Like we just had our big Toy Fair episode, which is uh, episode 25, I believe. And uh, recently yeah. had uh, our guy Josh. He interviewed uh, Rick Acker who's designing the uh, MMC Supermax figure, which is a crowdfund, so go check that out, too. It's really good. And That's uh, yeah, a good interview. Yeah, and then recently we just added uh, Lee Porter to the show, so get that female perspective, which is cool. But, yeah, that's yep. that's kind of it. We'll be recording uh, an episode in next week after TFCon Los Angeles. 
Looking forward to that one. Oh, yeah. Andrew, do you have any other projects that you're working on you want to talk about? Uh, sure. Um, unfortunately, Auto Nights Theater has moved on from doing like the radio play style things. They're a professional company trying to do voiceover work and audio work for people now. So if you want any of that, you can get in touch with Dave and write him at Audio Nights Theater. That's T-R-E at the end at gmail.com. Well, since I'm not doing that anymore, that gave me more time to kind of do my own creative things. So one thing that I've been passionate about for years and years is writing. I, I love writing and I love creating. So we did an episode of, uh, not really, it wasn't Figure Nights Theater, it was more like the Brainstorming with Comics podcast that uh, Audio Nights Theater did, where yes. I think Josh and I each created our own new continuity for Transformers. And uh, I just liked the story so much, and Drew and I bounced ideas off each other, and I'm using some of the concepts that he had with his permission, and started writing my own I don't know if you want to call it a comic book or a novel, because it's more like a novel at the moment. So, writing my own Transformers series, basically. So, that's that's been fun. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. And uh, other than that, um, you know, slowly trying to get into doing some actual voiceover work. You know, I'm on uh, Voice 123. i got to finish making my profile there. But, uh, yeah, I might uh, go for some actual voiceover jobs there. But uh, that's kind of all I'm doing and raising my daughter, which is fun and always something new there. <laughs> which is enough. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it is. Yep. She's, that is plenty. She's a handful for my wife and I, but she's adorable and we love her. Yes. Okay, so uh, also with us is the guy behind FKT's music, which comes to us in the form of the latest tune from any of his projects. He's sunny, he's swipe, he blinks when he drives. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Listener, feast your ears on the dulcet tones of Close Kuntak's benevolent mastermind, my main man, Drew. Hey. What's up, buddy? That's a hell of an intro. I like that. <laughs> uh, well, you covered what I needed to cover. There, there's a talking point in this episode that requires people to know what you just told them. Uh-huh. So that's that's good. Uh, you know, Close okay. is uh, some Transformers voices doing some rock and roll music, essentially. And uh, the Blink Drive is uh, me doing some sci-fi based music. Uh, it's kind of a little character I came up with who uses a device from a popular sci-fi show to jump. Well, maybe not so popular since it's canceled. But to jump around the universe of science fiction TV and pull stories for music out of it. So that's kind of how that is. Um, so, and I, you know, hell, I, I'm basically, I'm a jack of all trades and a master of not a damn one of them. <laughs> I play it making music. I play it writing fan fiction. I play it customizing action figures sometimes. I play it toy photography. And you can find all that stuff by looking up Drew Merkel. I'm sure if you put me in, you're going to see all kinds of stupid, nerdy shit. <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, missing today of the FKT alums are Lee and Josh. They're both gathering data for the next FKT episode. They really are. Yeah. I, yeah. No, literally, I'm not even uh, I know. making that up. <laughs> I will try to catch them both for a future uh, Series 6 crossover. Woo-hoo. All right. That would be cool. That would be cool. Okay. I have a topic, people. Ooh. The topic is this. Name your favorite adaptation from literature or comic to animation or live action. Okay, I'll grab this one since I have something. Go for okay. it. Jurassic Park. 
because it was a book. Mm, uh, it was. L- later down the road, I learned that it was a screenplay, and then it was a novel, and then they put the novel out, and then the movie came out later. So I guess it's not truly an adaptation like I'd always thought it was for years and years. Hmm. But there is a book and there is a film, so I'm using that for me. Um, All right. You know, I'll allow it. I kind of <laughs> grew up with it. And, you know, people talk about the, the, you know, subsequent second and third movies not being any good. But the, um, you know, the book for the second movie is like the best thing about the whole franchise. Cool. Yeah. So if you ever feel bored and need something to read... Uh, Lost World Jurassic Park's awesome. Sweet. Nice. Andrew, did you have one? Yeah, I was giving that some thought, and uh, it might sound a little cliche these days, but, you know, when I was growing up, I loved reading comic books, you know, from like seventh grade on, and now with all the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, it's like seeing my childhood on the big screen, and I love it. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, I, I just love seeing Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, just all those characters. Just can't get enough of it. So I'm going to go with uh, all the MCU movies, especially like Avengers Infinity War. And uh, I just saw Captain Marvel. It's it's quite good. Recommend you go see that. So I'm going with that. I did see it. Okay. All right. Cool. I'm ready to go see it. I think i got to go see it now. You should. Yeah. Especially if you grew up in the 90s, you'll like it even more. I will. No worries. Jay, what is your adaptation of choice? I think, you know, to be honest, man, I think all the token stuff has been my absolute... Uh, that's a good answer. ...favorites, man, because... Well, like the rings? Yeah, the rings, all of them, actually, man. I mean, even, you know, Desolation of Smog and all that stuff. I mean, the pieces of it. I mean, I read the books when I was a kid, and it set me on my little sci-fi walk and then like i read other books that you know fall in the same genre but i mean when i saw the movie and i was like okay i was like whoa wait that's actually close so i was thoroughly always thoroughly impressed at like how close they you know we did sauron and all the other stuff and dark knights and just every piece of, and then the guy with my precious i was like okay they did a lot of good stuff you know i grew up in and you know i saw the cartoons made from some english company mm-hmm. too when i was a kid Rankin Bass, isn't it? Yeah, 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 it is. Yeah, Rankin Bass. And um, I'm also an animation nerd. Oh, good deal, man. So am I. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was always just very cool to see it all pulled together. Um, I had other ones that you know were books too, but that one was like the most epic one, and I think they did a really great job of trying to stay close to the books. Cool. What about you, RD? Mine is an adaptation from comic to animation. Okay. The Flashpoint Paradox. Oh, yeah, that was good. Yeah, so it's a Justice League story where the Flash is the main character. Now, they did a version of this on the Flash CW series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the animated version wasn't tethered by, like, live actions limitations. Like, the budget, characters that you're allowed to use, special effects, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, people dying. Yeah. It was also rated PG-13. Oh. <clears throat> so it pushed a lot of boundaries as far as violence and mature content. Andrew and Drew, have you guys not seen that? No, not yet, but you're making me want to see it. Dude, watch it. It's worth it. Yeah, it was cool seeing an alternate timeline Justice League Mm -hmm. where everything is familiar but skewed enough to make, like, things perilous. Yeah, Mm -hmm. messed up. Superman just, when Superman showed up, I was like, oh, get out. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, you you definitely got to see it. I should, too, because I'm, like, a huge Flash fan, so... 
I give it five badges up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Aquaman's still a douche. No, I'm <laughs> the new Even movie made Jason him Momoa. No, no, that's still no, a douche. No, he was better. No, yeah, they went they went with a blonde Aquaman, but he's like super muscular, little head. <laughs> he was a douche. He his attitude sucked, man. That's just like this. Dude. Someone hit him with a tuna or something. So it's just slap the old tuna slap. Exactly. I don't talk to fish. They just drink my pee, and I own them. <laughs> oh, all right, gang. Yeah. Are you all ready to harpoon the big one? <laughs> <laughs> I think I did right before we came here. <laughs> uh, wow. So this episode aired on September 24th, 1986, Ooh. and it was written by friend of the pod, Dan freaking Fiorella. Hey, wow. Dan. Good job, Dan. If you missed Dan's visit, uh, check out episode 16. It's a two-part because no single episode can contain that many laughs. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. <laughs> do you guys know who Dan Fiorella is? I do now. I've heard the name. Okay, good. I mean, he wrote this episode we're reviewing, then yeah, he's a funny guy. Yeah. 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 All right, Jay. What? Figure Nights. Yeah. Listener. Yes. All right. This is Space Moby, and it's starting <laughs> now. <laughs> It starts off with synthesized organ music. Now, normally, I don't pay the music much mind, but this is a good example of how unique the music is on this show. Like, sure, you have the Kenny Loggins style music in the opening and closing themes, right? Uh, and it's awesome, by the way. But that doesn't totally represent the kind of music found throughout the show. It's, it varies quite a bit from one episode to another. And while sometimes they reuse some of it, mm-hmm. I mean, 65 episodes, you'd be crazy not to. Yeah. But there are some one-offs. Like, you hear a piece of music in a particular scene or a particular montage, and then you never hear it again. Right. Uh, I just thought I'd mention that since we have audio nights in the house. Uh, so, the episode is underway. Um, we're in an asteroid field with a couple of asteroid miners, Bob and Farley. They're digging up a space rock with their laser jackhammers. A robot named Mel whose head is shaped like a jukebox, is manning the ship and uh, overseeing the operation. And they're in the lamest spacesuits I've ever seen on the show. <laughs> the, yeah, the lamest. Yeah. Mel, he's a robot overseer. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of like Terminator, The Matrix, or, mm-hmm. you know, with a good dose of Star Chaser. Let's Our robot on. overlords. You guys know Star Chaser? No. I oh my. It's a Star Wars ripoff that's what? beautifully animated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it has like rotoscoping and whatnot. It is not a Star Wars ripoff. It isn't. No, no, no. <laughs> it kind of is, man. It isn't, man. How is it? He didn't. The main was... dude is clearly Han Solo. <laughs> no, well, the female robot always... is clearly C three PO. No, she's not, dude. She's no, she's not. <laughs> you no. think about it? No, she is not. <laughs> After you see this movie, you'll be like, "There's no C three PO, dude." Anyway, she's come on to Han Solo the whole time, man. She is not C three PO. That's C-3PO, man. Nah, man. <laughs> no. <laughs> Can't you read between the lines? I no, I can't. <laughs> I refuse to read between those lines. <laughs> uh, so Mel, the you know jukebox head, uh, tells him he's picking something huge up on the radar. Then a space whale starts devouring the asteroid <laughs> with the miners still on it. What is that? One of them screams something about Arbalus and Unicron. I couldn't quite make it out. <laughs> Get to the ships. It's our only chance. 
So now they're running for their lives. Right. Jukebox head shoots at the, the whale, which seems to piss it off. Right. It lunges, but the distraction gave uh, Bob and Farley enough time to remember that they're wearing jet packs. Right. The whole time. <laughs> So just as Blowhole, the planet grazer, <laughs> sinks his giant choppers into that juicy asteroid, the miners fire up their packs and get away. Right. And the camera cuts to a wide shot. Uh, they realize that there are dozens of these giant rock-eating whales all around them, feasting on the asteroid field. All exploration that people are doing in the universe, right? And they keep, and yeah. they keep finding stuff. Now, these things, as big as they are... <laughs> Clearly, other characters in the show have seen them. Oh, yeah. The guy that's chasing them. But these guys are miners. They're stuck on one asteroid all the time. Just dumbasses. It's right? <laughs> <laughs> just dumbasses. I was worried about Mel until they showed him again. And then I was like, okay, good. Mel's okay. Because <laughs> I was Thank like, God. they just killed the robots. No. But I no, thought he was, right. he thought was, he was a goner, too. I thought he was a goner for sure. I thought he was going to get chomped on. I did. Oh, they got away. So, cut to a space bar. The miners are being served a nice stiff drink by a skinny version of Rosie from the Jetsons. <laughs> Maybe it actually is Rosie. What, That's right. What would you call the robot version of gastric bypass? <laughs> <laughs> Energon depletion. Uh, it is, oh, nice. nice. So, as they're drinking their fears and sorrows away, Quint, the grizzled fisherman from Jaws, interrupts them with his key <laughs> No kidding. <laughs> What the? Monsters. Well, he reminds me of Quinn. He does, man. Mm -hmm. But with much sexier hair, a peg leg, and... Did I mention dude carries a keytar with him at all times? He's rocking a mullet. <laughs> yeah. He carries the keytar just in case there's a flock of seagulls reunion. <laughs> was, that his, was that his band? <laughs> <laughs> the flock of seagulls? Mine, mine, mine. This is one of my points. We have to stop and talk about this guitar for a moment. So I see this thing and it's like part, it, it's a guitar, no doubt, but it's like, it's uh -huh. part guitar and it's like part flugelhorn or some shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, it has like an organ it, type of thing it's to it. part light bright. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. part, you know, this thing. Part laser. This thing's, this, yeah, it shoots at people later, but this thing's really, really, really cool. And it's a guy who writes music about sci-fi sometimes. I'm like, oh my God, that is Blink Drive's instrument. <laughs> nice. Oh yeah? That's what I got to invent to take on the road with me. Okay, good deal. Because it deal. plays everything all at once. Hey, RD, you need to talk to you then. Remember those things back in high school you designed? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, you remember those? <laughs> I want to forget. <laughs> <laughs> that's some very interesting musical designs back then, man. Yes. So you two have known each other that long, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, since high school. Oh, that's awesome. You can tell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of comics, a lot of art, yeah. a lot of shenanigans and misadventures, too. Awesome. All right, so the dude introduces himself <laughs> as... <laughs> Sorry, man. I don't, know how to... I don't know how to segue into There's it. There's no segue in, dude. Just do it. Just do it. Just run. He introduces himself as Emerson Mylox. Isn't Mylox a laxative? Captain of the SS Mildew? He's come a long way. He used to be the deck swabber of the SS bacteria, <laughs> first mate of the SS fungus. <laughs> so, so he's really stepped up his microbe game. No kidding. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, I think it's Maylox. Maylox. It's close enough, man. Probably his brother. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> his brother's a laxative. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> so he says, I'll catch this bird for you, but it won't be easy. Bad fish. That's the line from Jaws. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I was gonna say I was like I was like, wait a minute, he didn't have that accent. He tells them his sworn duty is to hunt these monsters. Then he dramatically and rudely walks out without saying another word. <laughs> I just want to point out an animation error I noticed when um when oh. he was giving his Jaws speech. His mutton chops changed to a full on koala beard for a couple of seconds. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man, I missed that. Oh yeah. how can I miss that? <laughs> Uh, All good stuff. I'm going to watch it again now. (laughs) Cut to a skyscraper on Earth. A boardroom full of executive douchebags watches as the douche nozzle in charge. No kidding. Rips handlebars a new one over VidCom. Our people are still studying the data. These things are eating away at my profit margin. Apparently the execs make money from asteroid mining and he's demanding that Walsh send the Galaxy Rangers to murder the space whales. (laughs) <laughs> he threatens Walsh and then hangs up on him. Like, thematically, this is a pretty adult episode. I think so, yeah. too, man. But, you know, Walsh's response is kind of, like, catered to these... Yeah, I'm wondering why a corporate CEO thinks that space cops need to answer to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always assumed that Beta was, like, a government entity. I thought so, too, man. Well, th- this guy's the future president, so, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, (laughs) he looks more like Richard Branson, but uh, there's heavy tones of Donald Trump in that character right there. So Uh, that hurt my heart just now. (laughs) (laughs) So Handlebars immediately cracks the whip on his subordinates. He loses major cool points for that one. Mm -hmm. Oh, Huffy, how far you fallen? (laughs) You might be wondering why I'm calling him Huffy. See, here's a little reference. If I don't know a character's name. Or forget it for whatever reason, I make up a name for mm-hmm. them. So Walsh's handlebars because of that uh, the handlebar mustache. I've listened to a couple of shows. So. Oh, good. So you know most of our crazy messed up names. <laughs> <laughs> They're new to me, though. <laughs> but after this performance, I can think of calling him something more punk related. Oh, man. I know. <laughs> what can we call him? Chairman A-Hole totally made Walsh grab his belt loop and get paraded around the prison yard. <laughs> 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 so, uh... Punk stash, I think. Oh, punk stash. <laughs> I like that one. That's punk good. Stash. Punk stash. He's going to have great. to redeem himself in order to shake that name. Yeah, I think he should by a couple episodes. He might have to get <laughs> together. Anyways, um, Q-Ball, Buzzwang, and Nico uh, give him some info on the space whales. They're a silicone-based life form, and they propel themselves by farting out of their blowholes. I love that, man. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what? Wait, that's not right. When I heard that name, Buzzwang, I had to rewind several times and listen very (laughs) carefully. Because I was like, I'm like, Jay loves that name. I hate that guy. And I was like, is that his name or are they just, is that like a nickname or or like, are they they like calling him that to like poke fun at him? And then I had to, (laughs) I Googled it and I was like, no, that's that robot's name. That is the worst name (laughs) For a robot ever <laughs> who isn't a sex bot. Actually, just last episode, I said it sounds like an adult toy. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I've been calling him out on his messed up name and everything about him <laughs> since he showed up on the shit in our podcast. Like, this dude, just, I can't, yeah, Jay, can't. Jay is merciless when it comes to I can't mind. stand him, dude. Is he Twiggy's cousin? No, he's <laughs> not, <laughs> man. <laughs> Twiggy's more manly, and he's like half his size. This dude is just... His, uh, his voice drives me crazy. I don't know. There's going to be more to say about him in a minute. So. Oh, yeah. oh, dude. There's oh, a yeah. whole lot more to say about him. <laughs> oh, Jay, Jay's going off on a rant. <laughs> Let me get me started. He's already started, and we're not there yet. 
So um, Walsh desperately wants to know if they're an intelligent life form. You see? He's hoping that they're dumb, mindless, rock-eating machines. <laughs> you just pop them, right? And be done with it. He just wants to give the kill order. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're dumb. Just kill them. <laughs> <laughs> just like his sponsor daddy told him to. Oh. <laughs> if he really wanted to give the kill order, it wouldn't have been Nico and Goose going. It would be Zach going. Yeah, Zach is kind of trigger-happy. That's true. <laughs> so cut to the space version of the Black Pearl. <laughs> This is not the Black Pearl. Kitar the Whale Stabber and his crew of bearded scrolls are aboard. <laughs> I know they were. Hey, can we talk about the beards, man, please? Is it, Wait, is this ship made of wood or is this ship painted to look like it's made out of wood? And I can't decide which one's more pathetic for this I don't day. know, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty certain this whole ship pissed Captain Harlock off something fierce, man. <laughs> <laughs> what the f- No! All right, so I just don't want to talk about the squirrel's beards, man. What? We... <laughs> Go ahead, man. Dude, how do they shave, dude? They're like perfect angles. Every beard. You look at them. All these like angular rock-looking beards. And they all have stubble. So how do you shave and still have stubble? <laughs> uh, sandpaper? Something like that. <laughs> chisels. Yep. I'm picturing like a Flintstone episode with chisels shaving. Right? <laughs> Like a Flintstones Polaroid? (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so they're whale hunting. And they just found one. So he orders his men to jump into a torpedo slash lifeboat. I don't know. Like, you know. But get this. The torpedo boat launches and you don't see it again. That's weird. That's true. Well, you see it towards the end of it, don't you? Yeah, yeah. But like, they just wanted to establish, I guess, that it exists. Okay. But they don't do anything. He says, get in the longboat. They get in, it launches, nothing happens. Right. <laughs> do they stay there till they're sober? <laughs> you know what? I think they got in the boat because he said so. And like, and just went and sat on an asteroid and watched, him do it, watched them do all the other work. And then they came back to the boat. Yeah. They were like, <laughs> The mildew approaches the cosmic whale as it blissfully snacks on asteroids. Right. And on Kitar's order, they launch a net that ensnares the whale. I hear somebody laughing. I think that's a laugh. Every time you say Kitar, I get this fucking monthly whiplash snicker. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. The ease in which the the whale is captured makes me think that maybe they are big, dumb eating machines. (laughs) Which would give Punk Stash his justification for sending the Rangers on a whale murdering spree. Oh, man. Speaking of. Dan Fiorella told us that in the original script of this episode, Kitar was straight up killing the whales. He was harpooning them and wow. bathing oh. in their blood. Okay, maybe not that last part. No, 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 no. But, he's, he's definitely, <laughs> definitely going in. <laughs> but the powers that be didn't want them killed, so he changed it to nets. Hmm. So that's why they're getting netted. Okay, I got it. So I, I suppose if he really wanted those whales dead, though, I mean, he's the writer, he could just imagine that the net shrinks the moment that it's <laughs> off screen. Just... Leaving like a plethora of whale cubes. Right, right. Did you notice like they shoot harpoon like things at the whales, but you never ever see them impact. You just see like cords coming off of like random areas of them or the nets. And I was like, that's weird. I guess they can't show that because it's a kid's cartoon, you know? Yeah, they don't want to show stabbing. Yeah. Actual stabbing. (laughs) Yes. But names like Buzzwang are totally fine. That's right. Yeah, no, that's fine. Buzz Wing and <laughs> Cuba. <laughs> Cut to the Douche Corp building. 
There are a crap ton of protesters giving them the business over the cubing of the space yeah. whales. <laughs> okay, they said netting on the show, but we know what they really meant. Right. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, at Beta Mountain, Punkstash and company, Gooseman is now with them, are watching reports of the protests on the news. Again, this episode, very mature. More so than I am, anyway. <laughs> so That's not hard. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so Zoot Martin is the head of Space Peace. <laughs> Zoot Martin. As the name implies, they're a group of futuristic hippies. Is that his name? Yeah. Zoot Martin, yeah. I thought you were making up a name. <laughs> no, I'm not making up a name for him. I mean, I call him Bowl Cut a couple of times. That's what I'm good for, Bowl Cut. But Zoot is a pretty, <laughs> is a pretty solid name. I, I have to Google. There's an actor I'm thinking of who has the exact same haircut he did in a movie, and I gotta, I gotta figure out who he looks like. Emo Phillips. It also kind of looks like um, Doctor Octopus. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh yeah, the original Doc Ock. That's right. I'll figure it out, and then I'll get back to you. Okay. He-Man with dyed hair. <laughs> He-Man. Did you know He-Man had a son? I just found him. What? So did I. You saw that too? Yeah. I was like, uh, he calls himself Hero. He Hero, yeah. but he's son of He-Man, but not actually his son. Wait, his name's Hero? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not him, oh. boy? <laughs> <laughs> it, it was actually kind of badass. It was. Because, like, Adam became king of Eternia, and he had to struggle between being king and remaining He-Man, mm -hmm. and he ended up passing the sword down to the kid. Well, kind of sharing it, though. Yeah, sharing it. At one point, they were, like, Hero and He-Man together. It's pretty interesting. Hmm. Yeah, it's a YouTube vid. I'll uh, share it with you guys. I stumbled on it. I was like, what? So, uh, Zoot Martin is the head of Space Peace, Futuristic Hippies. <laughs> no. Think Captain Planet combined with PETA on steroids with their influence extending to space. Oh, that's a good, good description. It was. You'll have an idea what Space Peace is. So, uh, Zoot Martin, like we said earlier, has a bowl cut, which automatically nullifies whatever his argument is. That's right. As soon as he walked <laughs> in the room, I was like, dude, the outfit alone, man. What the heck was he wearing? <laughs> so, balloon uh, pants and all this. It's pretty bad. Yes. He's waiting to see Walsh, apparently, and uh, Walsh tells him to send Zoot in, and dude comes in hot. Mm. He's yelling, he's pointing. You know the Tetragram's got some lunatic catching all the whales, right? We're monitoring the situation. Cop out! If you aren't going to do anything, man, we will! And then he storms out. <laughs> <laughs> like, look, I'm on the side of the space whales, and I'm genuinely irked by how realistic the idea of, like, capitalism spreading to space <laughs> is. But after that meeting, I'm kind of not hating Douche Corp quite as much. <laughs> uh, I figured out who the bowl cut guy is that I was thinking of. Who's that? Uh, Michael Berryman. Who's that dick? If you've seen Weird Science, he was the uh, the completely shaved head, really weird looking biker dude. Okay, yep. Not their leader, but... He's been in some other movie, I can't remember which one, where he had that bowl cut. And this dude, like, totally reminds me of him. Michael Berryman. Berryman. Like a like berry? A berry <laughs> like a berry? Like, and then man. Like I got berries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was good. Yeah, let's see if I can... According uh, to Wikipedia, Michael John Berryman is an American actor. Thank you, Siri. <laughs> oh, that guy. Whoa. Holy <laughs> Yeah. Man, that guy's scary. Oh, yeah, he is. <laughs> he looks like um, kind of a, like a gargoyle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He, he probably oh. gets typecast a lot. 
I'm sure you. I well, would imagine. Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing the hills have eyes. Mm-hmm. One flew over the cuckoo. Oh yeah, yeah. Has. He was there. That's right. He was in Teenage Exorcist. <laughs> Dizam. Let's see. Where, where was I? <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. He had a bowl cut in that movie. I need to go watch Weird Science again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got sidetracked by the bowl cut. New <laughs> <laughs> bowl cut. <laughs> so Punk Stash caves to the bowl cut hippie. He orders Goose and Nico to the asteroid field to find out what the f is happening. Buzz Wang squirms his way onto the mission. <laughs> Something about the whale files being stored in his memory. What? Yeah. <laughs> so, Dude. cut to the mildew, bagging yet another space whale and preparing it for cubing. Ranger 1 drops out of hyperspace and catches them in the act. Goose and Nico are shocked by the size of the whale. So am I, frankly. Like Ranger 1 is tiny by comparison. Right. Mm-hmm. Nico asks Buzzwang if he can identify the vessel that has the whale captive. Buzzwang says it's the SS Melville. The Orville? So it's not the Mildew. Well, that sucks. (laughs) You know what? I got my microbe joke in. I'm good. good. (laughs) Driven by laxative. Suddenly, a flimsy little ship shows up and shoots the net, freeing the whale. Flimsy is piloted by none other than Zoot. He did vow to take matters into his own hands unless the Rangers did something. Well, they were there, though. He didn't give them a chance to. Yeah. I mean, but the Rangers were gaining their bearings just as Bulk had jumped in, <laughs> pews blazing. Right. So, uh, Kitar, the herbal essence spokesman, gets all bent out of shape <laughs> over the... <laughs> oh, good time. Mm-hmm. He gets all bent out of shape over the whale being denetted and subsequently not murdered. He says something about them being monsters. And Zoot says they're not monsters, but only babies. They're babies. I'm like, how does this jerk know anything about these guys? <laughs> so Gooseman gets on the comments and says, babies? <laughs> and uh, and Kitar says, totally, but these little babies are going to lead me to the great one, the big mama of space whales. You know, that would have been enough for me to be like, I'm done. I'm done. Y'all work this out. I'm done. <laughs> Give him Buzzway. Be out. <laughs> I love how, uh, how Kitar is, is like the TV trope. You know, sci-fi TV trope version of the guy in the bar who's like, oh, do you know about old Bessie in the lake over there? You know? <laughs> he is. He is. Yeah. He's supposed to be Captain Ahab yep. for the most part, but he's pretty much he's carrying around a keytar and a mullet. This guy's carrying around a keytar all the time. How does he steer the boat or do anything with it? It's somebody who's had an instrument strapped around his waist for a length of time over my shoulder. But still, you know, you're trying to do anything else. That thing hits stuff and gets in the way. He delegates, man. I guess so. He delegates. Mm -hmm. He doesn't even stand there and spin the wheel like a good space pirate. No. No. Just then, Nico spots something ginormous on the Dratus. <laughs> the Dratus. Sorry, couldn't resist. I've been rewatching Battlestar. <laughs> awesome. It holds up. It's <laughs> oh, a great uh, show. I love that one. Yes, sir. The biggest whale that ever whaled appears. <laughs> Space Moby. Space Moby. It seems to have cyborg or biotech parts mm-hmm. on it. Yeah, how'd that happen? Yeah, where'd it get that shit? <laughs> a guitar is all amped up. He slathers his mutton chops with mega hole gel and puts Mrs. Roper sized <laughs> curlers in his hair. Wow. <laughs> the supersized whale approaches all three ships, its mouth open wide. At this point, I looked at the runtime display. Only halfway through the episode. <laughs> like, no way does everybody get eaten yet. So, as predicted, all the ships evade the whale's maw. 
uh, Ranger One gets clipped by a blowhole fart <laughs> and is sent spiraling away. Right. Keytar orders his guy to fire on Space Moby, but he's warned that Space Piece's flimsy ship is in the way. Keytar says, I don't GAF! So the scroll <laughs> opens fire. <laughs> Bearded scroll. Surprise! Bullcut says, Hippie Shield, activate! <laughs> So a force field extends around Flimsy, protecting Space Moby just long enough for the whale to flee. This pisses Farrah Fawcett off. <laughs> How is something that big running from that ship? Farts. And why? Well, it doesn't really run far. It doesn't, because it's not really running. They're, they're sweet, peaceful, yeah. innocent yeah. creatures that have to be saved by Space Peace. God. Yeah, I mean, oh, they're misunderstood, they're obviously. Mis- clearly misunderstood, that's what it is. Well, the big one especially, because he's got all those piercings, you know, he's rebelling. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's oh, all that's goth right. now. <laughs> Space Moby is the goth. <laughs> I saw one of these little funny comics where there's a duck and he's like I don't want to be a regular duck and all the other ducks are looking at him and then he starts rolling around in dirt uh-huh. and he gets all dirty and muddy and he's like I'm a goth duck <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, it cuts to some conservationist they rescue the duck and they're like come on let's get you cleaned up little guy and they're washing him and he's like no fuck you <laughs> I was cracking up take it off uh, let's see where were we? Mm-hmm. Uh, he runs down Flimsy and blasts the smaller ship, disabling it. Then he turns his rage to Space Moby. Moby gives chase and ducks into an asteroid field. The Skrulls advise against following the whale, so Kitar decides to wait it out. Meanwhile, Ranger 1 is back under control. Gooseman checks on the disabled Space Peace ship. Zoot asks for a tow and runs down a list of tools that he likes to borrow to facilitate <laughs> their repairs. Nico offers to come over and help. Yeah, she takes Buzzwing with it. This Zoot dude yes. is such a freeloader. Why? He is, man. He comes, shows up, and then all these big, I need this, I need this. Do you have a latte? I need this. And Nico just gives it to him. Nico offers to come over and help. For some reason, there's a gratuitous shot of uh, Zoot's space yogurt. Yeah, I don't understand Hippies. that either. Like, putting the word space in front of something common is Dan Fiorella's signature move. Right. It gives it a sci-fi edge. Okay. Back then in the 80s, yogurt was like, like granola now. Hmm. So, you know, mm, hippies, okay. granola, yogurt, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, it took a little far. I thought it was a little on the nose. It's dairy, so he's not a true vegan. Mm-hmm. They didn't dairy. have vegans yet. <laughs> nope. He gets no vegan cred. <laughs> so, I was struck by how nice the animation looked when Nico's mm-hmm. shuttle launches. Oh, yeah. Had a like, TMS did a pretty solid job on this episode overall, but this few seconds really stood out uh, to me. I like the whale design, to be real. I did get a... The Moby's whale design was pretty good. The other ones were looking cutesy, though. They're babies. Mm. They're babies, so they have to be cute. That's Maybe that's why. <laughs> Something that bothered me, though, is like Gooseman's face. What about Gooseman's face? Yeah, no, I feel bad now. <laughs> no, like, Gooseman's face, he's <laughs> mugging an awful lot in this episode. He's very expressive right. and goofy. Like, And the situations don't even seem to call for him to you know, get all Jim right. Carrey. <laughs> but he is. <laughs> While Nico and Buzzwang are assisting Space Peace, Gooseman decides to roll up on Kitar and the Scrolls. The Mildew is in stable orbit, whatever that means. How do you have stable orbit from an asteroid field? Right, exactly. They said that. <laughs> it makes no sense. Orbit around what? Uh, this episode. Dan's so, gonna kill us, man. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Dan. <laughs> so Kitar grants Gooseman permission to come aboard. Whoa! The Mildew is huge! So the docking bay opens up uh, in the aft port starboard side of uh, and pulls Ranger 1 inside 
I don't know nautical directions, so I just said them all. Gotta play it safe. Good job. Good job. Aboard the Space Peace vessel, Zoot thanks Nico and Buzz for uh, the assist with their repairs. Nico asks why Space Peace is in this sector getting smacked around, and Zoot says he's protecting the whales, insisting that they're not monsters. He says it in an accusatory way. Like, none of the rangers ever implied that the whales are monsters, dude. Only Kitar did. But his opinion doesn't count. He's still bitter that back in 75, he couldn't save that Kintner boy from Jaws. (laughs) 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 Sorry, I I ran through that one kind of quick. It's like a joke grenade. You know, I thought this episode was pretty ridiculous. But no, it could get worse. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So now everything is a monster to him. A barber is a monster (laughs) to him. You know, because of that fabulous mane yeah. of hair he's got. Mm-hmm. Back to Zoot's exposition. He explains how the whales peacefully travel the galaxy in herds and graze on asteroids. He also drops a bombshell revelation to Nico and Buzz. Space Peace can communicate with the whales. <laughs> Something about the sounds they make getting converted into an alphabet and decoded using <laughs> software. Whatever. Buzzwing gets a knowledge boner. Man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, data excites him. And I'm not referring to Brent Spiner. Although he might need to watch his back around Buzz. I think so. It's <laughs> backside. Right. Buzzwang eagerly downloads the whale language data. He pulls an eight track out of his belly. You know what <laughs> <laughs> He does. Like right? a big eight track. <laughs> With wires. Meanwhile, aboard the mildew, Goose tries to learn why Soup Strainer is chasing Space Moby. Kitar tries to play it mysterious, but hints that the giant whale cost him a leg. I would have liked to see a flashback of the incident that cost him his leg. You see the whale staring at him as it picks his teeth using his leg as a toothpick. Never breaking eye contact the entire time. Kitar is like cursing Space Moby to hell. I'm done now. I'm totally done. I'm done. I refuse. Anyways, Gooseman loses his patience. Uh, he starts to place Ahab under arrest, but the mutton-chopped musician is having no part of it. Why are you after this thing? My reasons are beyond, sir. I'm through pussyfooting around. You're under arrest. He plays a few notes on his guitar and incapacitates Goose with the noise and the stun beam released from the neck of the instrument. Cut to Nico's shuttle leaving the space peace vessel. Buzzwang, having downloaded the space hippie's whale translator, now speaks like Zoot. (laughs) Nico gives him the side eye, but she's got bigger fish to fry. (laughs) Finding Goose, for example. (laughs) I actually did not mean that to be a pun. <laughs> <laughs> Bigger fish to fry. Yeah. That's too bad, man. It was good. Yeah. I liked it. Suddenly, <laughs> Space Moby appears and swallows Nico and Buzz, shuttle and all. Hold on. You used that unironically? Yes. With this, it had to have been subconsciously. And maybe it was. It had to have been. There's no way that you didn't like at least somewhat think about that. <laughs> I try that. to sidestep puns. <laughs> Sidestep puns, that's great. That's not a pun. It's not punny. No. All right. Space he swallows the shuttle. Aboard the mildew, Kitar orders Skrull to pursue the whale. Suddenly, he gets a call from Zoot, informing him about Space Moby's most recent shuttle meal with Ranger filling. In response, Pantene Pro-V says, Ready, Poon. Okay, man. (laughs) I'm going to level with you all. I was 13 years old. 
I would not have been watching Galaxy Rangers had I been in a position to ready poons. <laughs> <laughs> as as uh, none of us were. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in the belly of the beast, <laughs> Buzzwagon Nico realizes that the shuttle is surrounded by stomach acid and is being digested. Wait. So, yes. Did that happen later? No, it happens here. Oh, wait, there were like two scenes with him like kind of sitting in it like it was a jacuzzi. Oh, yeah. It hasn't happened yet. We're getting there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't get ahead. No, nah, dude, I need this dude dead, but they never get rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> they just get rid of him. Hasn't he been in worse stuff than stomach acid? Because he's, you know, a buzzwang. He's buzzwang. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well. Depends on your perspective. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So Nico badges up. She puts up a telekinetic force field around the shuttle. She says it won't last long. Well, of course. She's generating a shield the size of a shuttle. Something I found interesting is that she seemed pretty aware of how much charge her implant still held. Right. There's only been one instance so far where somebody drained their implant, and it was Nico. But at the time, it didn't seem like she knew how much charge she had remaining. Mm-hmm. Now she mm. seems pretty acutely aware. That's right. They got her engaged. <laughs> Yeah, I think she had a gauge installed since the you last You get time. trained like that once, you, you know, fool me once. Yeah, hmm. lesson learned. Right. <laughs> Heck no. Character development. I think so. And same writer, too. Okay, that makes sense, though. Nico says she wishes that they could tell the whale why they're there. Then Buzzwang starts talking Beatnik again, reminding her about the, the Space Peace translator he's downloaded. But the whale can't hear Buzz inside the shuttle. Nico is worried that the acid will digest Buzz should he exit the shuttle. But Buzzwang says that he's made of sterner stuff <laughs> than the shuttle. Right. Cube crafted me from the finest and most durable alloys. But this isn't the time to prove your metal. No sweat, cutie. And damn it, if he wasn't right, he climbs out of the shuttle and immediately takes a nosedive into the acid. After a bit of coaching from Nico, he emerges from the acid and begins humming Close Encounters tunes. So speaking like Dory from <laughs> Pixar. <laughs> Space Moby replies to his stomach, saying he's looking for his herd. And he says that there's this pirate with kick-ass hair that's constantly (laughs) riding his nuts. (laughs) Then he says something ominous about a big showdown. Just then, Space Moby's interior starts rumbling. They're under attack. The mildew is chasing the giant whale. Aboard the vessel, an unconscious gooseman lays at Kitar's feet as he barks orders to his scroll crew. Is it the krill? We've got the Melville and the krill. That's right. The Kree. The <laughs> they launch their net and snag the whale, but he's way too strong to be held by their bitch-made net. <laughs> he drags the mildew through the asteroid field, snapping the rope as the ship gets slowed by the space debris. Meanwhile, Goose starts to regain consciousness with a growl. Oh, snap. It's on now. <laughs> Space Moby shakes free from the net and makes a beeline for the mildew. The Skrulls, seeing the reality of the situation, move to abandon ship. But Kitar pulls a gun and threatens to shoot them. (laughs) (laughs) The first man to leave us post buys a jolt. Prepare the next shot. What a dick move. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So my thing is, why didn't Goose just get up and start shooting everybody? Like, you you shot me with your Kitar. I'd be pissed. I'd get up, or I'd be reaching for my gun from the floor and just start shooting dudes in kneecaps. Just like the whole room. Like Goose goes on a rampage. They come and see everybody with bleeding kneecaps. It'd be great. 
Just then, Gooseman springs to his feet and tells the auburn-haired busker to cut the crap. <laughs> he replies to Goose by firing the audio stun beams again. But Goose is ready for the one-trick pony. He badges up. His ears start glowing. <laughs> stupid. That was so stupid, man. That, like, yeah, I didn't like that use of his power. Put him with glowing earmuffs. Ear shields. <laughs> He's now immune to the hypersonic attack. You know who's not immune? The Skrulls. <laughs> They're all effed up. Looking like the crew of the Enterprise every time Shatner would piss off some alien. <laughs> like, like, oh crap, he said They're it again. Riding around. <laughs> like, he said it again. Uh, so, Kitar takes one look at Angry Goose and realizes that the getting is good. He runs away far faster than should be aerodynamically possible. No kidding, dude. With all that hair resisting the wind. Wait, wait, wait. Now we got to go back, man. Because if you remember when he was in the bar, he limped out. He limped. <laughs> this time he was just straight running like his legs were working perfectly. Not even the peg leg was stopping him the way he was running. It was like. I mean, you can make a peg leg work for you. He <laughs> just had him run. For real. So the door locks behind him. The scrolls tell Goose that he's headed for the long boat. This is the boat that we saw in the beginning. The one that vanished. Well. Now it's being flown by a space pirate bear biker with nothing to lose. <laughs> and his keytar still with him. Yeah. I shall seal your doom, whale. Keytar launches the longboat's harpoons and attaches his boat to Space Moby. Right. The whale pays him about as much attention as it would a gnat. A space gnat. Space gnat. Space gnat. Space gnat. <laughs> Space Moby goes on about its business and just happens to pass an asteroid, putting Kitar's longboat right in its path. <laughs> Fight if you must, but I will grapple with thee to the death. And Krakoon! Ding dong, the douche is dead. Yeah. Goose watches the mildew's vid screen as the longboat lights up the space sky. Suddenly, Goose's thoughts go to Nico and Buzz. Inside Space Moby... Buzzwang is still playing his tune, but his exposure to the acid finally begins to take its toll. The bottoms of his feet start to bubble up. He quickly runs away from the acid puddle. Space Moby opens wide and sets Nico and Buzzwang's shuttle free. As Nico tells Goose what their next move is, Buzzwang holds on to the side of the shuttle for dear life. <laughs> then you get a close-up of what used to be his feet. <laughs> Acid-proof my acid. Right. And then he asks for something in a wingtip. What the hell? Yes. <laughs> Buzzwing, of course. <laughs> Asking for wingtip. So, size 10. Size 10. <laughs> I'll give him a size 10. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Don't even get me Whoa, started. Okay. Don't even get me started. <laughs> Goose orders the bearded scrolls to uh, bring the mildew to the whales they've netted. Uh, by the way, these scrolls are like cold-blooded their captain just died and they're as chipper as ever they were happy to get rid of that dude man <laughs> it was like mm -hmm. it's crazy uh, yeah granted he just did threaten to kill them moments before visiting space mountain That's right. in the hardest possible way <laughs> like whatever you want guy with blonde hair and glowing earmuffs <laughs> whatever you want so the scrolls free the whales cut to douche court building on earth <laughs> zoot is making the case for the space whales and Deuce Corp to coexist. He says they'll graze only on certain asteroids to clear paths through space. 
and Deuce Corp's workers will put up flags on asteroids that they're mining so that the whales don't kill them by accident. <laughs> Additionally, whale farts are apparently a potent fuel, giving Deuce Corp another resource to exploit. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. The absurdity of this fart plan is only amplified by Buzz Wang's giant effing feet. <laughs> did you guys notice? Yeah, that? I did. I did. <laughs> it was kind of subtle, but nobody acknowledges those roach stompers. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> like they're listening to Buzz Wang and they're taking him seriously. So <laughs> you know how that's going, right? While you're talking, every two seconds someone looks down. He's <laughs> talking. Like, yeah, uh huh, uh huh. <laughs> so douche nozzle nods in approval and says something about his bottom line cementing my hatred for him <laughs> uh, then there's an exchange between zoot and the rangers that ends with buzz wang saying something uh, in space hippie <laughs> don't worry man space peace will look out for them radically far out for sure what <laughs> <laughs> Zoot's bow cut goes spiky like a frightened flirkin. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Captain Marvel reference. Yep. Flirkin. It's a good one. Then, in true 80s cartoon style, everybody laughs. What? Ah, Space Moby. That's it, guys. Wow. I want to hear Drew's uh, take on this, because he said he had some... <laughs> Some bombs from here. Well, this is very, um, this is the only episode I've watched. I've actually listened to more of your podcast than I've watched the show. So I've heard cool. your, your like takes on this, but this episode here is very, um, judgmental. Hmm. <laughs> it's very judgmental and it's very, um, like stereotyping people like really hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in, in a way, in a way that only the '80s could do it. Right. I mean, don't don't take that. That means I didn't like it, but I I, I get that impression, and I feel like that, that, that this episode made me think about something I hadn't thought about in a while, and that's like in the '80s we were also very, as a whole, like as a population, we were also very worried about not standing out and being as normal as we could. Mm. As a whole, for like Americans, we were very. Uh, straight ahead and you know if you care too much about the whales you're a goddamn hippie if you don't care enough about the whales you're a, a corporate evil blah 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 blah. and douche, the words douche, douche exactly <laughs> douche nozzle <laughs> president people were afraid to be seen as a commie hippie whatever or the other way and now we just we just kind of roll right into those roles like it's okay to be um very caring about animals now in a way it wasn't in the 80s and like yogurt and it was, <laughs> that's right that's the point where i really started thinking about the context of the episode though instead of just like oh this is a big goofy thing with a whale in it and some spaceships it's like yeah. oh they're, they, they're trying here really well you know trying really hard to put something in and to be funny about it but they're trying here to put something in that's a bit more serious and i i appreciated that uh, and without space yogurt, I don't know if I would have ever had that line of thought. Oh, really? Nice. Oh, cool, man. You know, space yogurt um, was it? Dan, you did interesting. it. He did it with the space yogurt. He planted that seed. Yeah. It's like, you know, there's probably a hundred other things in the episode would have that would have made it obvious that they're like implying this guy's a hippie. Mm-hmm. But that's the one that really just <laughs> sunk it for me. Yeah. 
his, his, the way he was talking had me in tears. I'm like, dude, there is no more West Coast. So how are you talking like that at all? <laughs> you know, I think it, I feel like this was like a filler episode. It just one that just took you off the whole galaxy right into like there's first handlebars switching attitude drove me bananas. It's like, oh yeah, go take care of this. And he says Nico and Goose of all people. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here, here's a sovereign fluffy mission for Goose to go on. <laughs> Goose is like, what? No. Oh, I get to go with Nico? Okay, I'm going. <laughs> I'll kill it. Goose is unconscious for most of the episode. You know, dude with the keytar knocks him out like nobody else in the other episodes could. Mm. <laughs> he's been yeah. he's been shot at. He's been dumped in toxic waste. Wow. He's been he was in lava. Lava, lava. <laughs> he was in so lava. He's, he's a serious music critic. Yeah, dude. <laughs> he just wasn't having it. He just wasn't having it. He's like, oh no. This is not Yo-Yo Ma, no! (laughs) What did you think, Andrew? Uh, That's my first exposure to Galaxy Rangers. I I did not remember the show from the 80s. You know, seeing the uh, opening credit sequence, I was like, okay, I'm happy that's there, so I understand what's going on, you know, the premise. And I was like, space cowboys riding on robot horses kind of looks familiar to me. But I, I liked the animation a lot. I thought it you know it, it looked really cool and kind of high quality for an 80s cartoon. Um, I was impressed by that. And the voice acting was also really good. And uh, I, I enjoyed it overall. One thing I did notice was sometimes when uh, Kitara was speaking, it's like you couldn't quite make out you know what he was saying all the way. At least I couldn't. And it, it reminded me of sometimes when I watched uh, old episodes of Transformers and, you know, they just had so much sound going on that sometimes you couldn't quite make out what people were saying. And it, it reminded me of that in a few places. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm curious what a normal episode, if there is such a thing, would be like. Because this, this did seem like a very bizarre episode and, you know, had every 80s cliche in it you know the, yeah, the corporate douchebags there yeah. the hippie dudes there yeah. you know who's all like whoa yeah there are two episodes that i always recommend mm-hmm. one of them is episode five it's called smuggler's gauntlet uh-huh that's a cool name and the other one is episode nine one million emotions hmm all right yeah so one million emotions is a fantastic episode and it ends in New Jersey, which is awesome. Oh. <laughs> it's pretty funny. There's a roach in it, too. <laughs> yeah. Weird. I'll have to check those out. I'm I'm curious. Giant space roach. Yeah, and uh, Buzz Wang is the stereotypical nerd. Yep. God, I just... Whoever came up with the character Buzz Wang, I don't know what planet they were on when they came up with that name. <laughs> I'm like, Buzz Wang for a robot. I'm just like... Uh. Did he like find his wife's secret, secret special drawer in the house or something? <laughs> hey babe, what's this? It's, it's a buzzwing. What? Oh my god! This, yeah. is, this is so getting cut. <laughs> buzzwing. <laughs> oh. I liked some of the characters. I thought were interesting, at least. You know, and I'm. I, I didn't know that the Galaxy Ranger characters had, like, implants that gave them powers, so that was a little yeah. surprising. I'm like, oh, the girl can make shields. Okay, that's cool. 
they're like mutants or something already. Yeah, kind of. Um, they're like cyborgs, so there's definitely technology that helped them go a little bit further. I wanted to point out, um, Andrew, you said you liked the animation. This is yes. animated by a company called TMS, Tokyo Movie Shinsho. Uh-huh. And it turns out that Tokyo Movie Shinso animated one episode of Transformers. Oh, which one? Call of the Primitives. Yeah. Ah, the best one. All right. You got it. Awesome. That explains a lot. The best animated one. Yeah. And yes. this company also did Mighty Orbots. Oh, Mighty Orbots? Yeah, Mighty Orbots and uh, Bionic 6. Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. See, I can, see the Bion- <clears throat> I can see the Bionic 6 in this. Like mm-hmm. I can see the, the 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 parallels and the 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 way things look similar and yeah 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 definitely. Well, I hadn't seen that in forever. I probably need mm-hmm. to find some of those and watch some of those. Those are on YouTube. Oh, cool. Good. Good info. Yeah. Oh, now I'm gonna have that song in my head all day tomorrow. Yeah. I just watched something about that last week. Toy Galaxy. Is that it? No. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was. No, that was Mighty Orbots. They had a thing about Mighty Orbots. No, no. I saw that too. Holy crap. I saw that too. Wait, wait, wait. Small world. I think we're the ones that caused it to trend. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, wait, wait. So didn't TMS do something else? They did a couple. Aren't they doing some more recent shows though? I don't know. I think uh, if there's anything that we've established is that I don't do much research. (laughs) (laughs) I just kind of like stuff that I've picked up along the way, I kind of like regurgitate wrongly mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well inaccurately you, you point out when i do something <laughs> of course i do of course right? you do it's called deflection buddy. Right, good job good job good job God. wow you know what else they did animaniacs they did oh wow no really shit. wow awesome. awesome well 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 you guys ready to close it out yes yeah yes, yes. I gotta bring the energy up. Okay, that's great. (laughs) Okay, listener, that was Space Moby. And next episode, we're gonna be doing episode 19 titled Scarecrow. I can't wait. That's one of my favorite episodes. Tune in next time. Check us out on Twitter. We're at Galaxy underscore Rangers. We're also on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, review us. We'll crank call a douche nozzle for you. (laughs) Too much of a commitment? Fine. Just do one or two of those things, but then we'll only hang up on an enema. (laughs) <laughs> visit our website series6podcast.com the number six <laughs> he wrote this <laughs> here we talk toys with four of my fellow audio knights on the figure knights theater podcast that's at fkt podcast <laughs> send us feedback you can email us at galaxyrangers at email.com galaxyrangers no space at email not gmail e because this episode was extra large moby extra large buzzway <laughs> we've been your hosts I'm RD. I'm Jay. I'm Andrew. (laughs) And I'm Drew. And 50% of us will see you next time. (laughs) Disengage your freaking hyperdrives. Bye. Later, guys. Bye. Bye bye. As he barks orders to his crawl screw, uh, his crawl. His crawl crew. <laughs> wow. That's another movie, dude. <laughs> As he barks orders to his crawl crew. Scroll, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> we are a family. I fight for them. They fight for me. As close as we can be. 
A family brought together by faith and given superpowers through the miracle of modern science. Moby.